0: Welcome to the Chirpin' Birds podcast. It's that time of year, everyone's favorite My Guys episode. Uh, We've drafted or bidded on our My Guys. Uh, We'll get into who we each got. Um, Of course, similar to last year, I screwed up my bid again, but uh, we are good sports about it. I should say Mike is, so we figured it out and it's uh, f- a fair deal and i have to say it's much more even than it was last year with my uh with uh, uh we'll, we'll we'll review it as we as we uh move on here but before we get started mike how you doing
1: i'm doing well um yeah i i always look forward to this um this episode it's a fun one for sure we strategically kind of wait till there's not too much going on because um at least i know that i put in uh, a good amount of time thinking of who uh who to target as far as these guys taking their big leaps um at the end of any season i open up my uh my notes app i just have a little document called my guys and i just think like hmm, all right who's <clears throat> who's a part of that next wave and uh this is the episode we finally get to dive in and talk about. So not a lot of ha- not a lot happening, but this is definitely a, a podcast that I look forward to for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, so just to review last year's, uh, very lopsided, my guy class, uh, Mike, your, your class was Devonte Smith, Hassan Reddick and Landon Dickerson. My class was Milton Williams, Kaiser white and Quez Watkins. Uh, you know, I last last year, I I didn't do that great of a job at going through the roster, <laughs> period. But also uh, seeing who, uh, may have made a Pro Bowl or not before Hassan Reddick did not. I did not have him on my list, and look where we are at now. I think Hassan Reddick alone. Uh, if if you had two two of my three guys with Hassan Redick, uh, you would have won, just on that alone. Of course, Devontae Smith, um, and and Landon Dickerson, uh, both solid uh, leaps forward. Uh, Devontae Smith more so than Landon Dickerson, but uh, Landon D- Dickerson has solidified his place as a starting caliber
1: guard. Hey, he's a pro bowler.
0: I Pro you. bowler, yes. Right. Forgot about that. Um, according to pro football focus, he had a. Uh, oh, I don't have it up here, but he, he didn't. He had like, a, I think, say, at a 75 rating and Dickerson had like 60 something yeah. like high 60s. It's, it's a bit so surprising. it's uh, neither here nor there Um, this year. We um, Oh, and of course, uh, I had Milton Williams, who did take a leap forward as uh, a, you know, who knows how good he's going to be to a rotational, uh, you know, depth defensive tackle. Kaiser White is now on the Cardinals. Uh, Quez Watkins, um, uh, you know, there's a handful of things that lost the Super Bowl, but may single-handedly had lost the Super Bowl. So, you know, that alone probably, you know and and he himself said he sucked last year something along those lines. Let's move on to 2023. Uh the 2023 my guys do you want to reveal yours?
1: Let's let's do it as we go through. We'll do it we'll do it one at a time back and forth. How about that?
0: All right. Let's let's uh, do that. Uh do you want to start start us off here?
1: Um sure. I can do that for sure. Um so I know you ended up bidding a lot of it more than I did for my first guy, but I would wager, I guess, that the most anticipated second year player on the Eagles, who is my first, my guy here is Jordan Davis. Um, Obviously he was the Eagles first round pick last year. Um, He played in 13 games, um, which looking back is more than I think most people would guess but um he did have that ankle injury i believe he hit the ir he wasn't really the same after that they kind of slow played him back after that um they did have linval joseph who was taking the majority of the snaps by that point but i'm expecting uh a really bounce back season uh well even putting it that way is a little it's not like he had a bad year is like his year was truncated, I think, but, um, reasons for why I think he will be taking that leap. Um, the departure of Javon Hargrave. I mean, there's, a, there's a big hole there. Uh, there's going to be plenty of snaps, uh, available. Uh, I mentioned Linval. I don't think he'll be coming back. You look at the Eagles, uh, defensive line and defensive tackle rotation. I don't think there's um they've kind of filled those gaps same with Namika and Sue um and I think like Jordan Davis he's going to be coming back healthy which I know he did come back towards the end of the year but with a guy that size I'm sure a lower body a lower body uh, a lower body injury uh can linger even if you are healthy like uh, to get back and uh the swing of things takes a bit. So uh, he'll be healthy. I, I have heard um, or seen tweets and articles saying that it seems like the organization wants to slim him down a little bit. Um, maybe he loses like 10 pounds or so. Maybe he gets, that makes his athleticism really pop, the hands maybe um he's not as big of a target but obviously like that is his big appeal is like he is a mountain of a man um and then going back to last year before he was injured he was uh quite effective as an early down run stuffer um then you know he got injured uh in week eight landed on the ir things kind of derailed from there or you know he got stymied um but I do think they're that's not to excuse his um his stats last year. I think they were quite underwhelming. Um his lack of uh production was noteworthy. Uh he he didn't really have that many TFLs for the amount of snaps he was on the field. He rarely got to the quarterback. He had like he had zero quarterback hits in the regular season. I think he He ended up getting two in the playoffs, but obviously like those numbers are very low for um, as highly of a drafted player that he is and um, it's a little bit tricky because he's a nose tackle and on early on early downs, those are likely to be uh, running snaps. So I know that it's going to be tough to get to the quarterback. And like get those sacks. But when he is on the field, it's almost like his production is kind of downstream. And that's, I think he's going to be opening up things for the other defensive tackles, the edges like son Reddick. Um, so I, I wouldn't straight up judge his like effect by his own production. It's kind of what he's unlocking um, for the rest of the defense. So when he is on the field on first and first, second down, going to be a little tough to get those like big impact, uh, hitting the quarterback plays. He's probably not going to be seeing many third downs given, uh, the edge rushers and, uh, better pass rushing defensive tackles on the team, but I'm hoping over the course of the season, maybe he'll see a little bit more down the stretch and maybe he'll start getting some production there. Um, so as far as a projected line, like what I think would be a really, um, productive step forward i'll say like 40 tackles five tfls maybe this is a little optimistic but like 10 quarterback hits and four sacks um that's obviously projecting a a healthy jordan davis like he's on the field he is getting more snaps he's not going to be just a first and second down player but um i have high expectations for jordan davis i'm sure the eagles do too or else they wouldn't have drafted him where they did last year he will be uh, playing with uh, former Georgia teammate John Carter. I, th- I think there's a bit of um, untapped like upside and being reunited with your college teammate, especially the guy that like you played directly next to. I'll have Nickobe Dean behind him, so I-, I do think there's like a bit of a relationship boost that could find its way into his play too. So, your thoughts on Jordan Davis, twenty twenty? Yeah. Right? No. 2020
0: 2023.
1: Right. 2023,
0: 2024. Right. Yeah. Because they play in January. Uh, yeah. He was my I think third third on my uh board, of course. Um, you know, with the hundred dollar bid or hundred dollar uh pool or pot, I should say, we each get and we bid on on players. Uh, you know, the, the way in which I screwed up last year was just, you know, lack of research, but the way this year was uh lack of, uh, paying attention to the rules where we had, uh, six players that were required to be bid on, uh, minimum bids of $5. And, uh, you have a hundred dollars total. Of course, this is not, um, uh, gambling or real money. We're just, uh, assigning value, uh, you know, fake value. anyway, I uh spent all my money on three players instead of the required six, but it ended up working out. So Jordan Davis was the third I spent money on, which um was uh, lower compared to the other top two guys I ended up with, uh, which we will reveal when when I go. but uh, Jordan Davis was my third, and uh, I think he is very exciting. Uh, we have, you know, Fletcher Cox, um, who's sort of, uh, you know, passing the torch as it were to, uh, either Jordan Davis or Jalen Carter a combination. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, how Jalen Carter does in training camp, if he's ready to start, uh, right away if it'll be him and Fletcher Cox, if it'll be a rotation, if it'll be him and Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox takes a step back, i still think that Fletcher Cox though declining as a starting, uh, level caliber, um, guy. So, uh, it, it'll just be interesting to see the, the snaps, the, the split of duties, the situational football, all that stuff. So it's sort of like, um, it's, it's hard to predict It's it's one of those. It's just exciting to see what, what ends up happening. I don't know that I have an opinion, like you were saying his, his production after the um, injury and even all year wasn't, you know, eye opening, jaw dropping, uh, whatever you want to say. So he uh, was very good against the run Um would be interesting to see to your point of how he slims down, how, how all that kind of factors in what, what he's done in the off season. I think there were reports before OTAs of how um, he's a guy to watch. Um, I, I, I do think that this is a big year for him to sort of see, I mean, you, you do have the protection of Jalen Carter um, to sort of hedge that the bet at that position, but those are two high level draft picks, um, at the same position that, that really need to come through. So, uh, I, I think, um, you know, if he does improve as a run stopper and they get into third and long situations, that is, um, a, uh, a point to maybe, uh, see what, see what he has, um, you know, sort of give him, uh, uh, you know, the fruits of his labor on the earlier downs and, and see how he does there. But I think he should have a short leash if you have Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox and these edge rushers, um, you know, at, at your disposal to rush the quarterback on third and long situations. So I, I just think it'll be interesting how, he's used uh so i think that's a pretty good allocation of your my guy draft bid resources uh yeah. moving on to my first my guy where i spend a lot of my money on uh linebacker nicobe dean uh N'Kobe dean was mostly special teamer last year got some garbage time snaps against the titans and and uh had a had a bit of uh uh, good, you know, flashy performance uh, after the game was sort of out of, out of hand. Um, you know, he, he got the green dot and OTAs sort of slated into to be that number one linebacker guy. I think it's a, a situation where he fell in the draft because of his uh, pec injury. Uh, I'm not sure what other element there. There is, uh, health wise, he is a bit on the smaller side, um, but was the leader of the greatest um college defense of all time, if not um, you know, second to this past Georgia team, um, but he he seems to be a uh, a a leader of the defense type personality, and I think he's you know, poised to assume that role. I think he's obviously earning the role, but he it, it's sort of being given to him, given their lack of linebacker resources and the the need of that leadership type guy on uh, the defensive end. You have obviously Darius Slay is a captain, but he himself, I think, um, has sort of, said that he's, uh, like a goofier, um, easy, easygoing leader, a leader by example on the field, not a Malcolm Jenkins type. So I think in that way, um, Nicobe Dean could assume that role over the next couple of seasons. But I think this is the first step to that, uh, prediction for a couple of predictions for Nicobe Dean, I think barring injury, um, and this might be a, uh, a floor prediction, but I think he will start in 17 out of 17 games this year. I think it's his job to lose. Um, and I think it's a, a sort of like a TJ Edwards situation where TJ Edwards uh, came in last year as the uh, sort of, I guess he, he was a rotation linebacker that started but played the majority of the snaps but sort of wasn't the the end-all be-all like top linebacker and uh the, two years ago I think he got the green dot and last year he really took it and ran with it um comparing his stats I think he had comparable stats uh to Fred Warner who's obviously one of the best linebackers in the league um so I, I think Nicobe Dean is is projected to assume that, uh, level of leadership, um, right away. And that status as a starter, uh, I think he will break double digit tackles for loss this year. He's a very quick and rangy, uh, linebacker. You see him in the backfield a lot in college. Uh, he managed to do that in the limited snaps against the Titans, um, double digit, you know, low double digit, but, you know, 10 or 11, maybe, uh, tackles for loss. I think, uh, that could be, you know, breaking up a, a, a screen, uh, out to a running back, um, you know, on a blitz, uh, uh, getting, getting the running back and not necessarily sacks. I think, um, TJ Edwards had no, uh, I don't think he had any sacks last year, but he had, uh, 10 tackles for loss. So, you know, that's, that's a high end, but I think he, um, could really, uh, make a splash this year. And my last prediction, uh, and this might be a bold one. So you let me know what you think. Uh, Nicobe Dean will be the most impactful Georgia bulldog on the Eagles defense this year. Ooh. And I think you're, <laughs> that's you're,
1: not good news. <laughs> well,
0: I think, uh, uh, I expected that reaction actually, but, <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm factoring in the, uh, Malcolm Jenkins of it all. Uh, I, I, I view him as impactful both in play and leadership. Um, you know, the super bowl year closer to Malcolm Jenkins than to Fletcher Cox or like Chris Long, like, uh, uh, two defensive leaders that, uh, I would say, you know, Malcolm Jenkins is, a is an impactful, both on, on the field and in a leadership role. I think those combined, uh, to be most impactful because really you're factoring in Jalen Carter, who's a rookie who's, who probably won't have that leadership factor. Um, Nolan Smith, who's a rookie, uh, who knows either of them, how they're going to um improve Jordan Davis is in a you know has to prove himself sort of role not that that Nicobe Dean isn't, but N'Kobe Dean is a little more i think solidified in his role, given the linebacker depth so uh, of those four guys, I don't think I'm forgetting anyone
1: um now did you did you qualify that saying defensive Georgia player? Because you got yeah, on too. the on
0: the Eagles defense,
1: okay, I just want to make sure
0: no. Yeah. On the Eagles defense, I said, so I think, uh, the combined leadership, I think he's going to become like a, a personality, um, for, for the Eagles. And that's partially because I, I hope it, and I, I believe it and I think there's potential there and partially because he's my, my guy.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's, he's obviously, um, a big player of interest this offseason like he was a third round pick we didn't really see him aside from a handful of snaps here and there throughout the season i do think it's notable that he wasn't able to find his way onto the field for any extended period of time um, considering the two guys who were in front of him T.J. Edwards is
0: one of the best linebackers in the league last year
1: I think that's even a little bit rich. Like he he was definitely uh, a league average and maybe slightly above league average, but I'm not ready to put him in any sort of conversation with Fred Warner. <laughs> I think well, that I'm might be a little saying, box, box score. Wise. <laughs> yeah, but he, like the linebacker is like an accumulation position to begin with. Like that's more.
0: TJ Edwards had two sacks. Uh 99 solo tackles, 10 tackles for loss, 5 key quarterback hits. Fred Warner had two sacks, the same uh, 79 solo tackles, that's 20 less. Uh, 3 tackles for loss, that's yeah, 7 less completely and different. Six, six quarterback hits. I'm just saying the stat the stats I know, like... the, the, I'm just I, I'm not saying that they're the same but I'm I'm just saying that like that was a little surprising that that their stats were so similar.
1: Right, and that I I think you have to. I'm look not at saying those.
0: T.J. Edwards is better than Fred Warner. I'm just saying that. <laughs> yeah, stats I, I'm.
1: I'm just trying to say like they're not in the same universe. <laughs> well, regardless they are of the statistically
0: from last um, year, and like, and and one of them is one to know against the other. So I'll let you deduce <laughs> who that is.
1: <laughs> they don't go up against each other. <laughs> <laughs> it seems dead <laughs> um so yeah and like i will say that kaiser white and tj edwards like they were solid last year it was the first time in a long time that the eagles had two um not like stomach churning linebackers on the field um but you like i do think it's it's a it's a bit interesting that he wasn't really slotted in i mean but I'm not going to pick on that too much because their defensive alignment was also like, they would have like five defensive linemen. So there there was a lot of snaps where like they only had one linebacker. It's it's very obvious to uh, Eagles fans that linebackers like the least uh, important position on the field for Eagles. And that's been the way for like almost a decade now. Like they just, it's the lowest tier position. Um, now, i will say going forward you didn't talk about his uh stature which i think took I him i said off he was of... small well i think it goes a little bit beyond that i think it's you got to remember like he didn't fall in last year's draft for no good reason there were those injury concerns which now that you know he's had a full season you, you hope that his body's more prepared for the nfl but I think it's also clear that his size took him took himself off of many teams, like draft boards. Um, and I do, I do think the NFL is moving in the direction of like maybe linebackers aren't as big as they were before. So maybe that's not as big of a deal, but it's just something to think about. Like, will, will his body be able to hold up for a full season? Um, I know I, I do like that he's a very cerebral player. I do think that that's the other side of that coin is like what he doesn't have and like um, measurables. He does, at least from college, make up for it and how he views the game. He does have that ability to read the field. That's why they're giving him the mic. So I do like that. Um, the last thing, I, I just don't think he'll, he, at least currently, he doesn't have like the help like he is the guy. And I think that's a little, that's a lot to put on his plate for a guy who didn't see any period of starting last year. Like suddenly he is the number one linebacker. And depending on how you feel about, uh, Nicholas Morrow, it's just like, all right, go do it. You're the guy now. (laughs) Suddenly he's like special teamer to the guy and to use TJ Edwards as a foil, TJ Edwards and like, depending if you want to say like last year was when he became like a solid starter or the year prior, like it took him at least two years to build up to that spot of trust and, uh, competency to get there. So I think acknowledging that it is a tough position to get dropped into if you don't have any prior experience. And like, as an example, like Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, they're getting dropped into like this massively talented room where on your left and on your right, like you have like pro bowlers. I just think, um, and I, by no means am I out on a Kobe D and I would love to see him come in and like be the, be the dude, but he's not going to have that same level of um, support around him, but I like him. I, I just think there's Doesn't some, sound like it. Well, no, I, I'm just acknowledging that like. It could be a bit of a sloppy ear. Yeah. I, <laughs> like there's I, going to be growing pains. And I, I think maybe you're coming at it uh, with a bit more optimism than me, which is fine. He's your guy.
0: Yeah. He is my guy. Uh, <laughs> and I think that giving, you know, people made a, 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 Deal out of the fact that he has the the green dot. I don't, I don't know that that's, you know, irrevocable or this or that. But like beat writers are saying, that means he'll get the plays from John Desai. so mm-hmm. which is obvious, you know, who who that he has the green dot that that would happen. But uh, the fact that he he was given the green dot in OTAs, he's the top linebacker on the depth chart. Uh, unless you want to say morrow is, but um, you know, Morrow's here on a one-year deal. Um to your size point, um, you know, Fred Warner has three inches on on uh Nicobe Dean. He's six three, Nicobe Dean's six foot, but only five pounds. Uh, uh, Fred Warner's two thirty and N'Kobe Dean is two twenty-five. So I think the the weight and strength is probably uh, and, and the injury concern, you know, he went through a year without injury, like the, the body holding up in my very limited knowledge, I think is less of a concern than, than his height and covering tight ends. I mean, you're going to have to face Kittle, um, you know, Travis Kelsey this year, you're going to have, uh, I think, uh, uh, who's that guy Ferguson on the, on Dallas twice. He's, uh, up and coming. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, the, the bill just drafted a tight end. Um, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have some bigger tight ends this year. Um, so that, that is a concern, I think. But when you have an a, elite defensive line, which this is poised to be, I think that helps the linebackers out a lot. You know, it certainly helps the secondary. And for a position that the Eagles haven't really valued in, you know, a decade, however long, um, I yeah, think... was
1: Michael Kendricks. So it's like he was the last guy. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I think that this is... Um, you know to your point a new era of of NFL linebacker and i think that he's an exciting rangy quick um disruptor type uh linebacker that might not hold up against the big tight ends um you know they're going to have to play Minnesota again uh Hawkinson, there's another one um so you know i i think the bigger picture is the defensive line against the opposing quarterback but uh linebackers do factor in and and because it's not a primary position i i think um he the the fact that he he's like the top guy in a in a very thin room is um not as big of a issue as it would be if you know they didn't have Brad Barry and slay for Keely Ringo and Zach McPherson and, and, you know, Fletcher Cox and Josh sweat and Brandon Graham for, and Hassan Reddick for, you know, those guys for Nolan Smith and Fletcher Cox for, for Jalen Carter. Like I think um, line, you know, linebacker just factors into all that. So I'm, I'm high on Nicobe Dean. I think I'm high on him because the team seems to be, and the team has been very trustworthy of late. So that that's kind of where I'm at.
1: Yeah. Last thing on him, I do like his uh, potential upside as a rushing linebacker. I feel like the Eagles, I don't know if it's for philosophical reasons or if they just trust their defensive line so much or if they just didn't have the type of linebackers, but... Jacobi Dean in his senior year had six sacks, 10 and a half tackles for loss. That to me seems like. It's double digit. That's my prediction. He's, he's really good at like uh, getting up into that defensive line as a stand back or a stand up guy, just causing trouble. Um, they haven't really had that. Like that wasn't a TJ Edwards thing. That was pretty rare because you're in his lone near Eagles. I can't recall him doing that. I don't remember Alex he Singleton or that,
0: he was supposed to be that kind of linebacker. I think Kaiser White was pretty, you know, meh. I thought he was disappointing compared to the sort of young up and coming, you know, sort I, I think was like a cap casualty with the chargers that the Eagles picked him up. I, I don't think it was because he wasn't, you know, good. Um, didn't Khalil Mack go there for a time, or is he still there? I don't know what team he's on anymore. <laughs> he was on the Raiders. I got to look this up. All right.
1: Um, well, as you look that up, I'll, I'll move on to my second, my guy. He was on the
0: Chargers last year. Khalil Mack. Oh, he's he's currently on the Chargers. Yeah, so, you know, they signed him. They don't need Kaiser White if if that was the order of events. I don't follow the chargers as
1: closely,
0: (laughs) so I could be wrong. Uh, you know, send us a DM. If, if you're passionate about Khalil Mack and this chargers tenure. (laughs)
1: All right. Uh, my second guy. Now this is a mainstay, which you don't often see in these, my guys, I feel like we typically go for, um, second year guys or first year guys with the Eagles in an, as the new team but um i thought this was a guy who um i have high hopes for and that's um cornerback avante maddox uh now what year does it feel like avante maddox is coming into for you as a fan um four he's coming into his sixth year as an eagle wow which is you know I mean, I, it's surprising, but like anything about it? like, yeah, like this guy's been around for a while. He came in with Dallas Goddard. So, um, it's kind of like a sneaky right. long tenured veteran with the team. Now he got his extension, I believe last year. Um, now the Eagles are returning with, uh, the same trio of cornerbacks. I know that there was some, uh, it seemed like for a second there, there's going to be plenty of offseason shuffling. You know, CJ GJ, he he has his thing. Um, Darius Slay has his little roundabout. Um, James Bradbury, we all assumed, was leaving in free agency. So there was, there was a second there where it was like, wow, Avante Max may be like the only familiar face in the secondary, depending on where we would have landed with our safeties. But uh, he's back with. Darius Slay and James Bradbury, uh, all very talented. I, I don't think it's crazy to say that Maddox is like the weak spot, you know, air quotes, obviously, cause I, I don't consider him to be, um, any sort of deficiency by any means, but that just means the outside cornerbacks are that good. Um, the last year Maddox appeared in his fewest games, um, And when he was off the field, it was the spot where teams would go and exploit. Um, So when he was injured, slot cornerback was like, all right, Josiah Scott, watch out, you're getting targeted to hell this week. Um, So it's similar to Davis, like Maddox had a good year last year, but he was injured. And um, he did come back. And I thought when he came back, he didn't look hampered at all. So I... I took that as encouraging. Um but like I said from the top, he's coming into this coming into a sixth season. And I expect Maddox to have a very dependable veteran presence and build off of his play last year. Um now this was pretty interesting. I think he I'm pretty sure this is tied leading like leading with maybe another person like a son Reddick, but he had three force fumbles last year. That is pretty impressive for a slot cornerback. I don't even Uh, remember that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's crazy, right? Um, He also had a sack. He had an interception. So he he did have like a, I consider that to be like pretty good production from your uh, slot cornerback, especially having only played in nine games. Um, And what I'm hoping for this upcoming year is like just more of that, but I also think, and I think you can make this argument for like anybody on defense. Um, I do think there is some incremental upshot with a more creative defensive play caller in Sean Desai. I know Jonathan Gannon had a very good baseline, like the defensive numbers and metrics for the most part were very impressive, but there were glaring weaknesses. Um, If you looked closer, um, so I'm hoping like the sigh like, will he play a bit more press? Will he, um, entertain more slot blitzes? Cause I think Maddox, like he, I feel like he had, uh, gotten a quarterback hit last year on a slot, but slot blitz. And I was like, man, I want to see more of that. Cause he's like speedy. Um, I know he's not the most like big physically, uh, imposing player, but like he can dart in there between like, um. Uh, running back and a tackle like i I just want to see maddox used in a more dynamic way not like the slot cornerback who's like eight yards off the line um and even now like could he see some snaps as like a third safety like in a rotation like he'll drop back and you know there's some i just want to see some more wrinkles and i think um maddox would be the guy to kind of mix things up in the defense. I'm assuming you want to keep Darius Slay and Bradbury in their respective, um, you know, lockdown corner spots. But, uh, I like Maddox. I think he's been a nice steady presence for his first five years. And I think this year, um, he'll have the opportunity to just like be the guy to make some more plays. So, uh, I'm looking to see three interceptions, 10, uh, fast breakups and, you know, two and a half sacks, maybe if that slot cornerback or slot blitz becomes a thing, but yeah, I mean, he like had a, that like a one on,
0: um, Dak last year where he injured himself, but
1: that's one. So yeah, that was unfortunate. Is yeah. that, that was, that, that was a like sack, right? Or something. Yeah. That was on the side. Yeah. And turf to I mean, that's a hard, yeah. that's a tough one to bounce back from, but seems like he did it.
0: Yeah. I, I like Maddox a lot. I think, um, it's funny you you're my guys are you're picking so far are uh all injury guys um that <laughs> missed time last year so uh he's i th- you know an elite slot corner i think like uh of a cb3 i guess or slot corner one i don't i don't know how they are on the depth chart uh specifically but he's uh he's a great, uh, guy to have on the team, both personality wise and talent wise. Like wh- he was what a fourth round pick, fifth round pick. So, Something um, like that. that's, that's pretty good value. I mean, that was a good draft. That was like the, uh, um, was that my lot draft? Hattics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I mean, that's, that's one of how he's like hanging his head draft Yeah, at this And point. they
0: didn't even have the first round pick. They traded back, didn't they? Um, so, yeah. yeah, I I I I agree with all this. Um it's interesting for my guy's sake of pick, picking a guy entering his age what 27 28 season. Um
1: yeah, he'll be he, uh, he
0: got his contract extension. Yeah, turns 28 we,
1: in March, so he'll be 27. I have to go back
0: year. and see if this is a legal pick. He got his extension.
1: On what grounds? That that's not that that's the Hargrave exception. That was never a rule. (laughs) Okay. All right.
0: Well, I think I picked Josh Sweat uh, the first year before he got his extension. So that was uh, whatever. Uh, But yeah, I think it's a uh, as long as it's legal. I think it's a great pick. Um,
1: Our our producers are giving us the thumb up. Is legal?
0: Okay. Yeah, we have producers now. Uh, moving on, my second pick. We're going offense for the first time in this uh, 2023 My Guys draft. Uh, guard, or who uh, should be a guard this year, uh, Cam Juergens. Uh, Cam Jurgens, obviously a, a second round pick. He was picked after Jordan Davis um, in uh, the 2021 draft. And uh, second round pick out of Nebraska, I believe, Um, you know, the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey, handpicked by Jason Kelsey, all that stuff we know. Uh, I think he, uh, you know, in OTAs he was slotted in as that uh, Sayomalu replacement there. Um, Similar size um, to Sayomalu, I think. Uh, We talked about it before. He was, you know, a little smaller, um, obviously between Kelsey and Lee Johnson, that has to help. Uh, I think, you know, they, they drafted, uh, Tyler Steen, I think is his name, Tyler, um, out of Alabama, uh, in the third round or yeah, third round. Cause Sidney Brown was the first pick in the fourth round. Um, I, I think that, Camp battle, if there is a camp battle between the two of them will resemble the Mylotta versus Dillard. Uh, I think Jurgens will slide into that role pretty uh you know expectedly. Wow. Uh,
1: Tyler Steen take catching astray, suddenly now the Dillard.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> it's it's not quite astray because he's not a former first round pick, but um, I, I think, yeah, I think Cam Jurgens will will be the Sayamalu replacement immediately. I think it's his job to lose. Um, uh, PFF had, I may have just said this, uh, which I remembered because it's in my notes, uh, PFF graded Sayamalu at 75.2 uh, last year and Landon Dickerson was 67.3. My prediction for Jurgens is he'll have a 60 grade or higher. Um that 60 to, to 68 range, I'll I'll guess. Um, I, I think with the the fact that he was a second round pick, he was handpicked by Kelsey, they have Jeff Statland, all these things. He's between two, um, Hall of Fame uh offensive linemen. I, I think he's gonna slide in there nicely. Um, it might put more pressure on the left side of the line, but at this point, Mylata and Dickerson, I think, can you know, handle their own. Uh, I think there was a stat last year of like the Eagles put. I don't know if it's just their tackle. I think it's just their tackles on islands more than any other team, and and they've fared pretty well. Um, you know, Lane Johnson hasn't given up a sack in like three years, three four <laughs> years. Uh, Jordan Mylata struggled against the the shorter, smaller, quicker uh, edge rushers, but, um, you know, handles his own pretty, pretty well. Um, and obviously Jalen is a quick and, uh, athletic quarterback that can, uh, anticipate those things. So, um, I'm expecting good things from Cam Jurgens. uh, in general, and because he's my guy, I will say that for all of my, my guys, but especially (laughs) if Dean and Cam Jurgens, uh, Last year, Landon Dickerson led the league, I believe, with fourteen penalties. My prediction for Cam Juergens? ten. Uh, I think he may struggle earlier in the year, get get some, you know, off uh, false starts, maybe some holdings, but I think he'll settle in as the year goes goes along. Um, you know, early early season struggles against not as good teams will. Um, you know give them the experience to correct that against the the harder teams later later in the schedule and with uh seomalu gone this is just a, a non you know quantitative prediction but uh, with Seumalu gone there will now be no more uh, stoic quiet grumpy personalities on the offensive line and I think Jurgens will slot in there nicely as a similar to Landon Dickerson, the 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 Southern country boy jokester type. Yeah, that that's kind of how I see. I don't I don't think that'll affect the on field performance per se, but it, it'll be a new era of vibes for the offensive line. So that's uh, something to watch out for in the uh, I guess the the media you know, interactions, the, the post-game quotes, what, what they put out on social media, all those things. Yeah. And how AM about, Jordan's.
1: uh, how about the Eagles only redhead, right? Would you call, would you, would you, would you <laughs> consider well, him a redhead? Have you, have you seen him?
0: Well, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you decide if he's one one of your, your, uh, your kind of people or.
1: Yeah. Your, I feel like we got yeah. like similar complexions. He's he's your, pretty pale.
0: I don't mean this that to sound um, insensitive. Your kind All of right. people, You're, you know, amongst your your, uh, you know, dem- demographic. I don't know. I I mean that in the kindest way. I don't know how to put it into words. <laughs> yeah, it's got worse.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think he's got some red hair in there. It's a little blonde, but right. uh, we'll call it that. Yeah, it, it's. Um, I mean, I I I I think it's tough to not feel excited about cam jurgens um i know we've had a little bit of a wait uh, to see him but and it is funny you're going uh much like the eagles from cam to nicobe both guys who um had red shirt years pretty much with the eagles uh jurgens had like occasional uh snaps as a sixth offensive lineman but he was really just like a preseason season um, starter, filling in for Jason Kelsey when he had a procedure done. Obviously, there he was playing center, his natural position. Um, yeah, I, I think he covered most of it. It's like, how is he going to fare at guard? Um, how will he hold up? Like, like I, I think the biggest thing is like, what's his anchor going to be? Is he... Is so he going to be able to withstand like large defensive tackles? Um, I do think it helps going up against Jordan Davis in practice. Hopefully, um, over the course of the off-season, he'll be able to add some heft, but you don't add too much because like he does have that like um, exciting athleticism. That's the other thing. Like, what are the Eagles going to going to do scheme-wise to? use that to their advantage so like i think he's going to be great getting downfield like kelsey on like screens and getting to the second level like that's where he'll excel and i don't have concerns about that so i like i like cam i'm excited to see him i agree that he's the favorite to be the right guard and uh yeah i I think he there's so much like benefit of the doubt given to um that offensive line with Stout, um, the guy to his left, the guy to his right, he couldn't be in a better position. Um, I do think that's like very dissimilar from um, N'Kobe, like what I was saying, N'Kobe is kind of just on an island. I think Cam's the, the opposite, and I think that, that'll help him for sure in his second year, which is pretty much his rookie year for going by snaps.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Now we get into interesting territory. All right. My, my third, my guy, uh, this is a first year Eagle. Um, he will be heading into his age 27 season. And that is Rashad Penny. Um, Penny joins perhaps the best running situation in the league alongside with fellow eagle newcomer deandre swift um you know he's they'll have the best offensive line in the league um they have one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the league and they have an offense with plenty of downfield uh threats to stretch the field um the only big wrinkle here is how will the eagles divvy up their running back snaps uh now that they have penny swift of course, Kenny Gainwell returning, Boston Scott, who has been here for so many years at this point. Um, there's Trey Sermon. I'm kind of just saying his name. I don't think he really factors into the equation here, but um, they have good depth this year. Uh, Miles Sanders leave. They kind of replace him with, I would say, guys, two guys who are probably like 75 cents of him on the dollar. Um, but Penny's thing has been injuries and that's been covered to death (laughs) like it's kind of like uh yes we know um and that's not to dismiss it it's it's completely fair i think that's why he was available for a one-year deal um worth like under two million dollars which is very cheap um so if there was any doubt to him not being a productive player this year it's the it's the injuries it's um the league not being in on him and letting him go to the Eagles for such a uh, cheap contract. Now, on the other side of things, which is where I find myself hanging out, is he's been incredibly productive when he's been healthy. Um, to end, so he's had like two crazy stretches of productivity. So the his end of the twenty twenty one season, um, you can look at some of these games. Uh, week 14 against Texans on 16 rushes that he had 137 yards. That's 8.6 yards per carry. That's like college numbers, um, against the bears that season, 17 carries for 135 yards. Like that's 7.9 yards per carry. Like he's, he has these like runaway games where he just like has crazy efficiency. Um, so that was, that that's how he ended the 2021 season. Um, and on the other side of it, um, how he started last year was very similar. Um, really gaudy uh, numbers. Like in week four, he had 70 carries for 151 yards. That's 8.9 yards per carry. And I will say, like, yes, I'm picking the best ones out here to um, for my argument. But like, it's insane. Um, and translate that to the offensive line he'll have, and the quarterback that'll have, and the the wide receivers that he'll be playing with. If he can just do a fraction, if he can carry over that efficiency uh, to like seventy five percent of that degree, but remain on the field, I think he could have a monster year. Um, and then, real quick, just to juxtapose him with uh, DeAndre Swift, what Penny has over him is size and heft um so penny 5'1 220 andre swift 5'9 211 um so he does have about two inches and 10 pounds uh but i don't think that does it justice if you go and watch his clips like he is a fierce runner uh electric speed he's a bruiser um the eagles haven't had that for a bit um he's he's quite dissimilar from miles sanders he's more decisive he is a bit more of that bowling ball um, running back, um, and like the Eagles haven't had that since like uh, J. Jai, like Blunt, uh, Jordan Howard, but like he's 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 the electric version of those guys. So I think as long as he can stay on the field and the Eagles give him snaps, um, I I really think he could have a like surprisingly uh, productive season. Um, and like I said, who knows, uh, fingers crossed on the injury, uh, front it's kind of a fool's errand to predict that. Um, but I think you can probably bake in maybe a few missed games here and there for maintenance or nagging injuries. Um, and who knows where the Eagles snaps kind of fall between him and Deandre Swift. I think Deandre Swift is a better pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, but I think there's a really good argument that like Penny should uh, see the bulk of the snaps over the course of the season. So I'm looking at um, in like 14 games played, maybe 950 rushing yards, nine touchdowns, 150 receiving yards. And just as a frame of reference on those rushing yards, uh, Bet MGM has his over under uh, total rushing yards at 600 and a half. And I, I can't bet because of where I live. But if I was interested in making a bet right now for some easy money, like I see that number, I'm like, ooh, that feels really good to me. <laughs> like 600, that feels conservative.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess I should get into my last pick because I think they go hand in hand with uh, each other. My final, my guys, Deandre Swift. So we're sort of, uh, I, I think this is the most like head to head my guys we've, ever, mm-hmm. yeah, we've totally. ever had. Um, you know, to, to your point that, uh, uh, Swift is a lot smaller, um, and is more of a pass catcher. Like you, you have, 150 receiving yards for for Penny. He's, um, you know, never had more than 100. Uh, in the in his last couple seasons, he hasn't had more than 50 receiving yards. So, um, you know, hasn't played the full year. The the only year he played, or the the year he played the most games, which was his rookie year in 14 games, um, he had 75 yards. The following year, ten games, uh, eighty-three receiving yards, as opposed to Swift, who's had, um, let's see, receiving yards in the in the hundreds, uh, three three hundred fifty-seven as rookie year, four fifty-two uh, in twenty twenty-one, and three eighty-nine last year, so. He's a much more um, dual threat as far as rushing and, and passing goes. And, uh, you know, a lot of this does does depend on Rashad Penny's health. Um, I think of the two they're both exciting for different ways. Like the Rashad Penny type of running back, I think is the running back that I personally find more exciting. Um, But we also haven't really had a pass catching running back in a, in a really long time. Like Miles Sanders never really uh, was thrown to, I don't think that was his strength. Um, You know, when Carson was on the team, he had a lot of accuracy issues and, you know, who knows if, he didn't like how Miles Sanders would have developed as a pass catcher, but um, either way, uh, I I think DeAndre Swift is exciting as that pass catching, like quick, um, you know, breakaway speed type type guy, and and Penny's the exciting, like uh, big, strong, you know, run people over type. Uh, I think DeAndre Swift will and and my my stats predictions and your stats predictions, if they both happen, would be like, (laughs) like beyond historic. So um, I I don't think both of these things can happen, but (laughs) uh, I think DeAndre Swift will uh, hit a combined 10 uh, touchdowns um, rushing and receiving uh, this year. Uh, Miles Sanders, I believe, had 11 rushing and no catching. Um, uh, he, uh, DeAndre Swift last year had eight total touchdowns, five rushing, three receiving, uh, I think in tandem with, with Rashad Penny, assuming Penny stays healthy, I think he'll hit, uh, about 600, uh, rushing yards, uh, for reference. He's only broken 600 once in three years. He's had in the five, in the mid five hundreds, uh, before that. So he's sort of been around 600, Uh, that's in tandem. If Penny gets hurt, I think he'll hit at least 800 yards. Um, I don't, I don't know that he'll have a thousand if, if Kenny Gainwell starts to get involved there as well. Uh, you know, uh, and his, yeah, his season high was six seventeen in 2021. Uh, Deandre Swift, my prediction is he'll play 13 games this year. Uh, miles Sanders, I think missed two or three last year. Uh, in his three years, Deandre Swift has played 13, 13, and 14 games. My prediction's 13, uh, Miles Sanders in his career played. Oh, sorry. Last year, Miles Sanders played 17. Um, he played 16 and 17 were his highs, Miles Sanders and 12, uh, he had two years in a row. Um, so, you know, 13 games for Deandre Swift uh and a lot of this is obviously contingent on Rashad Penny's health but i think um swift will be the like every down lead back and penny would be featured more on third down short yardage and red zone situations i would my guess is it'll be 70 30 favoring swift um and a lot of that goes into your point on why was he available for, you know, 1.35 million for on a one year deal. I think they'll ease him because they have DeAndre Swift and Kenny Gainwell. They they might want to use more caution with Rashad Penny and use him in situational um, football, uh, you know, downs for the earlier part of the year and get him eased in. I'm not sure what you know, it, it'll be interesting to see the Rashad Penny, like injury mitigation strategy, mm-hmm. uh, is the point there. Um, but you can't really ignore your points on his, um, you know, very productive seasons, uh, 2021, uh, only in 10 games rushed for 750 yards. Um, you know there would be seven more games there to to rush for another 250 if he played them to to hit a thousand yard year um you know six rushing touchdowns uh in in 10 games I you and and that and the six were in that stretch at the end of the year Mm -hmm. um so it's it's pretty um it's a pretty, pretty good stretch. I'm not a big streaky guy. I mean, I'm a big Reese Hoskins fan, but <laughs> um, you know, that's baseball. It's a long season here. Uh, if you're streaky and football, it's it's a little bit tougher to, to swallow. So I, I think Deandre Swift is probably the lead back to start um, based on injury and um the type of offense that they uh like to run but it it will be interesting to see how how both of them you know line up
1: yeah no i mean it really does feel like it's like a coin flip on who's the guy i mean like i don't even think there necessarily has to be a guy but like it'll be interesting early in the season to see like who is getting the larger share of the snatch
0: carries when Miles Sanders was hurt um they do running back by committee type mm-hmm. um you know when he played those 12 game seasons I mean one of them that you had Jalen hurts as well but before that was the four eleven and one season so um it's it's hard to say exactly but um I I'd, I'd I don't know that the running back by committee is just something like, Oh, they've done in the past. So they'll just go back to it. Um, because that worked in the super bowl, you know, six years ago, uh, they clearly had a lead back last year in Miles Sanders. I feel like that's probably the route that they'll want to go. And, uh, just based on the contracts, the injury history, the age, all that stuff, I think Swift is the more likely lead back candidate um and it'll be it'll just be interesting to see how they uh, work that in, but I'm excited to have a screen catching running back for once where you could have blockers downfield and
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know it's Jack Stoll's time to shine <laughs>
1: right.
0: All right. When it, uh, we'll round this out with some team predictions. Uh, My guys' pod is also a a prediction pod for for the year. So um, why don't we uh, continue alternating?
1: Alrighty, Um, sounds good to me. Alrighty, my first uh, team bold prediction here: Um, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith will be the most productive receiving duo in the NFL. Uh, besting last year's uh, pair of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Now, I don't know if this is something that's been on your radar, but I feel like uh, this has been like a popular discussion on NFL Twitter. Um, you know, like who's got the best like receiving core or receiving duo. Um, as far as why I think um, the Eagles can do it, between Brown and Devontae Smith, obviously both are sending young, talented players, um, and they have the budding star in Jalen Hurts to um, get them the ball. And the other thing is, I think with a harder schedule and some uh, due regression on the defensive side of the ball, I think the Eagles are likely to have more higher scoring games with more like offensive passing. Um, last year, there were some games by like halftime where you could tell they were just like beating, um, like running the clock down, not necessarily looking downfield in the third and fourth quarter. So I think Brown and Devontae smith they both had incredible years last year. Uh, Smith had, um, 1,196 yards, AJ Brown, 1,496 yards. Um, now if you're curious... They were second last year by those two, but I was also looking at the wider field for this upcoming year. So off the top and maybe this is putting you on the spot, but are there any other duos that come to mind as far as, um, you know, competition that they'll be up against besides Hill and waddle?
0: I think the Bengals.
1: Yeah. So Jamar chase T Higgins, they were fourth last year. Um, and you know they both had injuries, uh, so their numbers were a bit deflated. Uh, I think they ju- they have just as much merit as Hill and Waddle. So it was they, third. They're definitely. Uh, what would you like to guess? It's it's not a team that I think you would immediately think of because um, of the second guy.
0: Because of the second guy.
1: Yeah, the first guy uh, is like, yeah, of course.
0: Um, I want to say. Uh Diggs and Davis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Steph
1: Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, obviously Josh Allen. Um but other guys to consider, uh DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Uh they were fifth last year. Now Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They had Tom Brady last year. Now they got Baker Mayfield. I think worth mentioning, but I don't Kyle see it's happening. Yeah, so I think they're kind of out of the running. Uh, CD Lamb, Brandon Cooks, uh, obviously CD's very uh, accomplished and productive. Brandon Cooks, uh, he had a down year last year, but you um, could see a boost. Uh, Travis Kelsey, and uh, whether it's Marquez Valdez Scantling or Kadarius Tony, then um, there's Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, the rookie. And then Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, Brock Purdy, or whoever's playing quarterback for the 49ers. Uh, so it is like a pretty deep field of guys. I would say uh, the only people that I would be like really keeping an eye on would be the Dolphins um, and the Bengals and maybe the Seahawks. But I, I like I feel good about AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, yeah, especially I given the, a, the reasons at the top. That's a good prediction,
0: and it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, the tougher schedule and them having to gut out more wins than they had to last year. Like obviously, they gutted out the the Colts win. They were down fourteen nothing against Jacksonville. Um, most of the most of the games, they were up a lot at the half. Uh, the second, the historic second quarter stats. So, Mm uh, more, more close games, more tougher games, maybe more playing from behind. I think it'll be interesting to, to see them got, got, uh, wins out. And obviously, uh, the passing game will be featured more in doing that than, than the running game. Um, my my team predictions uh i know we did the schedule release but we're going to ignore all of my predictions for the schedule release uh,
1: <laughs> take not, it all not, back
0: not to a, a great extent but uh to you know one or one or two wins uh here and there and, and where they come so um and and this is based on uh having time to stew on that more so than going back on my predictions because I think they, they were wrong. It's uh, more more time to think is, is uh, uh, my valid predictions. I think that the Eagles will again dominate the NFC and have a shot at the one seed. And it'll uh, again come down to who wins the division. But with the Eagles' tough schedule, I think they come in at 12 wins. I had them at four, 14, I think. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh, 13 or 14. So I think they take a step back as a team. Uh, but I think, you know, they, they have a five game gauntlet. If they can go three and two, then you have basically three other wins or three other, uh, losses throughout the season. If they go two and three, then I think it's realistic that they start off pretty, pretty hot and, um, and, and all that. So, 12, 12 wins.
1: Now, do you know offhand what, what games you flip flopped on?
0: Uh, yes. So my second prediction, right, uh, cool. is addresses that.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Uh, already my second one here, um, for the first time ever, an Eagle wins the defensive rookie of the year award in Jalen Carter um so this is pretty crazy uh so the nfl has been um giving out offensive and defensive rookie of the year every year since 1967. so over the past 55 years only two teams haven't won either one of those is the seahawks the other is the eagles wow it's pretty crazy right no eagles rookie has ever won it um but i i think this year jalen carter he's got a pretty good shot at it um he'll be a part of a really good defensive line um he'll have the opportunity and as it stands right now if you're curious um he is the second favorite uh for a defensive rookie of the year which i know makes it a little bit um Less of a spicy prediction, but I think given the history here, first time an Eagles rookie will win offensive or defensive in franchise history. I think that's um, makes a. I think that helps balance it out. But um, for defensive rookie of the year, um, the odds go Will Anderson number one, Jalen Carter number two, Tyree Wilson number three, um, and then a pair of cornerbacks and Devin Witherspoon. Christian Gonzalez so not like a fierce field like I don't think there's any um like Will Anderson's plus 350 Jalen Carter's plus 600 so I think there's something there and yeah I mean it goes without saying like Jalen Carter he was one of the best talents in the draft easily could have been number one pick if it wasn't for um the situation he found himself, given uh, the incident and his part in it, I'm going to relitigate that, but um, the talent is there, the opportunity is there. And I know we couldn't bid on Jalen Carter, I feel like that he would have been the That's guy. next year. Right. Um, unless he makes the Pro Bowl and then he'll never yeah, be, yeah. be up for he'll it. He'll never be eligible. <laughs> but uh, th- this is my yeah. way of getting getting it on the Jalen Carter. Uh, rookie year. So that's
0: good. Uh, yeah, I, 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 would imagine most offensive rookies of the year are quarterbacks. And if you, you know, look at the Eagles, like they've had, uh, their string of, um, yeah, I don't know if Nick Foles backed up, um, Donovan. Uh, I don't, I don't remember that far back, but, you know, Kevin Cobb obviously was a backup. Uh, Carson Wentz had, was like seven and nine. His rookie year, Jalen Hurts was nine and eight and made the playoffs uh, that, but that was his second year. So I, the Eagles have like uh have had a quarterback plan. I think, you know, obviously Mike Vick, wasn't a rookie. Um, they've had a quarterback plan for the last, you know, 20 years or whatever, I think McNabb was the last like rookie to, to start. Um, if I remember correctly, you know, I was what, five, six, uh, when he was drafted. So, um, yeah.
1: And if you're curious why, uh, Carson Wentz didn't get it, that's, that's because of Dak Prescott. Great. Who had the better year that year.
0: Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I, I, think... I don't, I don't know that Carson Wentz should have, uh, won.
1: He was decent.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't know he he was decent for a rookie, but I don't know how many other rookies there were at the time. I mean, obviously Dak Prescott. Anyways, uh, my second team prediction uh, for the first time since 2017, the Eagles will win in Dallas. Um, but it will not be confidence building because uh, again, throwing out my uh, schedule release pod prediction. The uh, the stretch will be home against the Cowboys, a bye at Chiefs, home against the Bills, home against the Niners at the Cowboys. Um, I think they'll go three and two in that stretch run of five games plus the bye uh, winning at home against Dallas, losing to the Chiefs and the Bills, beating the Niners and winning at Dallas. So it will be the first time since 2017 they win in Dallas. They would have beaten Dallas twice, which is very exciting. Uh, As far as division's concerned, that might all but lock up the the one seat if that happens, Um, assuming they win um, or the division uh, and the one seat. But they will be losing to both the Chiefs and the Bills, which I feel like will be a very big, are they even you know, as good as we think, uh, conversation, even though they would have beaten Dallas twice. Uh, so, uh, in that scenario, how would you be feeling if they lose at the chiefs, they lose at home against the bills, but they beat Dallas twice.
1: Um, I think you'd feel really good about it given what you it feel means. good about
0: probably getting the division and the one seed.
1: Yeah, I mean, you'll take two NFC wins over two AFC wins and then multiply that by 10 if it's the Cowboys. And it's like your main rival in your own division because, like you said, that effectively locks up um, the division. I imagine it would lock up the one seed. So, yeah, I think, I think you'd have to be a fool to not uh, agree to that deal.
0: Well, you know, people are going to say they're, they'll be third best in the NFL behind the Bills and the Chiefs. So, um, but I, I think the Super Bowl probably factors into that. Like they they could have beaten the Chiefs. So, um, you know, it, it wasn't a situation where they they were beaten by the better team and like they couldn't do anything about it. It was they got beat by a good team and they they were good also.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that'd be great. I would love that outcome. All right, um, so for this last one, I I tried to turn up the, the spiciness uh, up a little bit higher. Um, and we were, we were talking about this before we started recording. I personally felt like this was really tough to come up with team bullet predictions after last year because I would say we both made quite bold predictions, and then the Eagles like nailed them casually. And that yeah. just goes to show how successful and like uh, impossibly, like they hit their high watermark last year. So it's tough to come back with bold predictions that feel like we're just setting um, the same or similar goals to last year. So I went in kind of like a, a fun, um, unorthodox direction so uh my final and third bold prediction here is the eagles will have at least two unconventional offensive touchdowns on the season um so I th- this isn't like an exhaustive list of how they could do it but i think these are the most likely ways they would get to those um, so one of those could be a touchdown reception by a tackle eligible player um Now this isn't quite what happened, but uh, for reference, Jalen Carter Carter did have an offensive touchdown as like a leading uh, block fullback in college, where he just kind of was leading block, kind of peeled off, went to the end zone. Um, So there's that. Um, They have all they have very um, athletic offensive linemen, whether that is Jordan Mylata um, Lane Johnson, um, Cam Jurgens, like, I don't know, maybe Jack Driscoll has a six offensive lineman. Um, and I do think like they could do that on a, um, you know, if it is like fourth and one and they're at the three, like, uh, the defense could be lining up for that, like rugby play and a guy could just scoot outside. So I think that that could be, a uh, realistic avenue to one of those two. Uh, another one could be a straight up rushing touchdown by an offensive or defensive lineman. Um, Jordan Davis did this in college. Uh, Jordan Mailata, a former rugby player, um, who's to say that on one of these rugby plays, uh, one of them as a blocker couldn't get the handoff instead. And then the last one uh, that I think maybe has, um, Potential for is a passing touchdown by a non-QB or a secondary QB. Uh, so whether that is Devonte Smith, AJ Brown, DeAndre Swift, um, one of those guys throwing it to another player. And then as far as the secondary QB, maybe maybe there's this uh, maybe they have a two quarterback play where Mariota is on the field with her. it's the other one gets the ball. As like a second quarterback, they hit a they hit a Swift, a Smith, or a AJ Brown downfield. So how do how do that, you feel about that? Uh,
0: well, I I I love an unconventional touchdown. Um, that that would be pretty poetic of, um, on on a number of levels that you know Jalen was sort of used as that gadget guy with. Carson, when Carson was like a year or two into his massive contract, and now J- Jalen has his contract, and Marcus Mariota, uh, who for a number of reasons is is poetic that he's on the Eagles now, but um, or one 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 reason, but um. <laughs> uh, well then assume the role that he assumed for the previous quarterback on his big deal. Now he's on his big deal and, and has that uh, of his own. So that would be pretty wild to, to see them, them run something like that. But I think, um, that kind of play might come down to how much they trust Ian Book or Tanner McKee, because, uh, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk uh a team with Super Bowl aspirations. I, I don't know that I'd um run a your your backup quarterback who's started plenty of games in the NFL to uh to potential injury
1: like that. But well, I mean it could be here name, and there. Could be a Mariota to Ian Book play to in yeah. garbage yeah. time. But um and, yeah. Are there any other avenues that you think Uh, I'm forgetting here as far as an unconventional offensive touchdown. Um,
0: No, I mean, not as uh, unconventional, like a a deflection, you know, someone catches it or something like uh, not a planned unconventional touchdown, at least that I can think of right now. Uh, My final prediction uh, is Jalen Hurts will end the season as the top uh, quarterback in the NFC. But as far as the NFL goes, he will still be behind two of Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. So I think he will um, you know, continue to play very well like he did last year. I don't think he plays much better. Um, you know, obviously last year was the big leap, but I think, um, he might come down to earth to some extent, um, and, and not, you know, win with such ease, uh, against these harder teams. But I think his floor is now like, you know, his not as great games from last year. Like, I think his floor is still a top quarterback in the league. There's been quotes out on Twitter I've seen of people that aren't convinced he's really that good. And I think, like last year was his big prove it year. Now that he's the guy, this is uh, uh, the consistency element of it um, that he needs to consistently play at the level that he's played at, because obviously that is good enough to make it to the Super Bowl. So, um, As far as improving, I'm not focused on that as much as just consistent elite play because he's now proved that he's capable of that. So not the flashiest prediction, but I think um, to uh, expect him to be top five, but um, not expect him to be the the best is is kind of, um, you know, probably run in the mill for how good he is, but, um, I, I think expecting the elite play of last year is, um, the, the prediction, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that, that adds up after season he had, I still see people and like, I, I think it's a combination of two things. They're still holding where he was drafted against him and his like current standing in like the quarterback um ranking and on the other hand and like two names come to mind i'm not saying like these are so egregious but they're the two that i see most often that are just ahead of them that like is a head scratcher for me and that's justin herbert and trevor lawrence and i think the other part of it is like that they were just drafted like early Like much earlier than Jalen Hurts, I'm like, and like I I feel like you're just pretend. Like it feels like they're giving equal weight to 2021 Jalen Hurts and 2022 Jalen Hurts, and who knows? Maybe Jalen, like maybe he peaked last year and he'll never be that good again. But I'm like, if you saw that much growth from year to year. Why would you think that he's like more or equal amounts of 2021? Like it would be one thing if it was like incremental growth, but like I, I just he's like a night and day different quarterback. And I feel like they're like, oh yeah, but like in 2021 he was this. And I'm like Yeah, hey, what about yeah. what about Trevor Lawrence's twenty twenty one? Like, do you do you just pretend that doesn't exist?
0: Yeah. I mean, coming out of, uh, college, um, I, I think I've said a a number of times on the podcast before, like, I don't trust PAC 12. I've been burned too many times, both in football and basketball. Um, so, you know, the, the Herbert of it all, I think it started as a, a bid. I, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I think I I tweeted it or something uh, a couple of years ago of like, you know, Justin Herbert hasn't played in college championship games. He hasn't played in like in a college playoff game. I, I don't think like he's played in bowls, obviously, but like Jalen hurts has had the pedigree of playing in massive games. And, uh, you know Trevor Lawrence has as well but Trevor Lawrence came into a worse situation than Jalen Hurts did not not that 411 and 1 isn't bad but like as far as an organization goes and Urban Meyer's first uh, uh his rookie year so Trevor Lawrence I don't um uh I don't uh, thus far he's obviously not as good as Jalen Hurts but um I don't view him as uh in the conversation as much right now as Justin Herbert is and Justin Herbert, like by all NFL accounts, like is not as good as Jalen hurts. Like he, he doesn't have the, the playoff success. He doesn't have the, as much regular season success, like, and they don't have
1: the, they don't, they don't have the dual threat capacity, which so often, like that was an argument that I hated because it, didn't favor Carson once and it favored Dak Prescott. But now that it's on her side, I'm like, yes, no, like it completely changes the running half of the game and what's yeah. on the offense And opens her-
0: up. Herbert has similar weapons. Like he has Eckler and he has Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Like Mike Williams and yeah. Keenan yeah. Allen. I mean, at this point, I would injuries. say that
1: there's quite a difference between the two, but if you're going back in time, yes, I, there's no yeah. excuse for the weapons that he has had in prior years, and I, I like that's not even to say that I don't think Trevor Lawrence and Herbert aren't top of the top of the league quarterbacks. Like I think they are; they're not misplaced. But I just find it so often awesome that like, and they're like, and then Jalen Hurts. I'm like, but like, did you not see what he just did the past season? Like yeah. I feel like you're like, yeah, that's a part of the evidence, but. I, I think we, li- we only... like we like where Lawrence and Herbert were drafted more than what we saw last year from <laughs> Jalen Hurts.
0: Yeah, the the only outlying thing with Jalen Hurts, I think, is that he hasn't played at that elite MVP level for multiple seasons. And you know, going yeah, into not, neither has
1: either of those. But yeah, no, no. no I, I, but I'm agree. saying,
0: like, independently of like the Mahomes, Allen, Burrow right. of it all. Um, the elite quarterbacks, the all time great like Donovan McNabb, uh, never got it done, but uh, played multiple years, they were in it multiple years. Um, all that stuff, like,
1: yeah, I agree.
0: That, that's, I think, the last thing Jalen Hurts has to prove, really. I mean, obviously, a ring as well. Um, but I, I think. If he play puts together a similar, if not better, or slightly not as good, but similar, um, uh, season as last year, uh, this upcoming year, then I I don't, I wouldn't entertain any other questions of of him. I think the limitations conversation of him is the running how his mobility with age will factor in, but he's still going to be, you know, 24, 25, 26, the next three seasons. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be a question for later how he ages. Like right Right. now it's entering his prime. So Um, anyway, that's, that's a lot of uh, quarterback talk, I think for June 25th. But um, that's that's the my guys pod. Uh, again, you're my guys of uh, Jordan Davis, Avante Maddox and Rashad Penny. My my guys of Nicobe Dean, Cam Jurgens, and DeAndre Swift. And they are uh, locked in for the season. Um, we're I think exactly a month away from training camp. Uh, July 25th is when they report or the first day of practice, they might report on the 24th, my birthday. Um, so we'll probably have maybe, uh, you know, one more before, uh, at least one more uh, before training camp starts. And then uh, we'll be in the season. We're a month away from training camp, uh, probably five, six weeks away from hard knocks. And then the season will be underway. Okay, uh,
1: 53 any... man ready.
0: Yeah. 53. That's, that's <laughs> the next thing. Our, uh, we'll have to pick our jersey player, um, and and we'll go from there. Any final thoughts?
1: No, we got okay. them all out.
0: All right, an hour and a half later. Okay, my guys, Pod Twenty Twenty Three. Uh, we'll be back. For Mike, I'm you Thanks for listening.